Guess who's back on this week's edition of the Indie Ball Report podcast? Nick and James will break down all of the happenings around the Indie Ball world. All right, back again, episode 18. As you may have been able to guess, we got a full house this week. <laughs> Returned from my adventures of shark wrestling in the Atlantic Ocean. Really a great time. Uh, I did survive, thankfully. And uh, I'm back and ready to go talk some baseball. Yeah, it's always the shark wrestling that gets you in it. Look, that happens every week. Regular occurrence around here. <laughs> in any case, we got the full show to go through today. We got a little bit on most leagues here, and we also got... Uh, well, we can touch on a little bit, I guess, the Pack Pro League. They're starting. It's their opening week, so I just wanted to mention that at some yeah. point. We'll mention it at the end and then uh, go through the usual bit. But now that we're back and we'll have a full show, you know, your usual hour as opposed to the half-hour show I gave you. But you also got bonus episodes, so you can't complain that much. Hey, you can't complain. It was a fantastic solo show. Really filled in, stepped up while I wasn't here. Yeah, good work. I commend you on that. It was a good one. Yeah, I think it was all right. I think good. It, good. You know, it wasn't bad, you know. It was any case, uh, let's jump right into it. We'll start, as always, with the Atlantic League, and then we'll kind of work our way to the West. Kind of recap real quick last week, one of the things I want to circle back around and touch upon, uh, high points attendance. It did get a little bit better this week, however, still not great. It went up from around the 1900 on average to 2000, or two, eh, 2100 roughly, you might as well round up, I think it's like 2093. Yeah. About a 200-person jump. Exactly, great still. 2,500 mm-hmm. on the year on, I believe it was 12 openings. Lowest in the Atlantic League, and uh, yeah. we'll leave it to you now. Yeah, this, that's, that's really bad. Uh, I think it's a shame because this is a really good baseball team. It's a beautiful ballpark from all estimations. Uh, I think it's just a problem of, one, you know, kids aren't really out of school yet, so it's hard to judge these things. Yeah. Um, and it's a newer team. But there should be with the energy that this team's playing with right now. Hmm. Uh, obviously, the last couple of games have a little bit of a slide. But, yeah. you know, for the most part, over the whole season, they've played like a team that is really inspired to be there. And it's unfortunate that, you know, people aren't showing up. And I think, you know, sometimes this is a product of just the first season and you got to build a little bit in the area. But also, I think it's it's on the club to reach out to the community as well and make sure the community is engaged. Um, I think it's a, a tough job to do, but one that I foresee happening. And if it doesn't happen, it, obviously, it's going to be tough for, for the Rockers. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. Uh, one of the things I am a bit concerned about for the region, at least, is there's a lot of baseball already in that region. You have Greensboro that's not terribly far away and a bunch of other teams like that. So I wonder if it's a bit of saturation overall where you already have teams that have been there for oh, quite, I'd say, some time now, and it's a bit tough there. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, and I think this happens especially North Carolina isn't as densely populated as some of the more northern states. I think you're running into that as well, yeah. right? where you're not having dense populations, and part of the population is not year-round there as well. You have a seasonal population there and down by the coast, not necessarily yeah. a high point, but down by the coast at least. And uh, I, I just think that it's a difficult thing to to build from, from the ground up. And you're right, it might be saturation. I mean, I think New Jersey doesn't have saturation. Right? We don't, we don't have whole time yeah, saturation. it's a highly populated state. It's very dense, so yeah. you can drop from a lot of people. With, with North Carolina, it's not as much, so you have your pockets like Cary area, Triangle area, where you've got Raleigh-Durham, Charlotte's got uh, and then Outer Banks have a little bit, but like right. you mentioned, it's fairly seasonal. It's a lot of vacationers. So. Yeah. I mean, that definitely is something that plays into it. Yeah, I think that plays into it. Although the the thing that I uh, I think is kind of surprising to me is that earlier in the season they didn't have better numbers, 
because with the college being right there, you would mm. think that that would be something to do for college students. I mean, it's a great, great way to... You have to keep your night. Yeah, That's what you need. Yeah, cheap, and maybe they need a cheap beer night. But, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I was very surprised. I thought early in the season their numbers would be better than later in the season. I thought, you know, as the dog days of summer kind of dwindle on and there's more things mm. to do. But I thought the, the newness of it would, would give it a jolt of people. And obviously the first night it did, but it, it hasn't sustained. You know, it was very weird. Like, I think I had mentioned last week, I was kind of charting how they were going. And the first day, it was, sell, it was sold out, about 4,000 right. crowd. Then it dropped to 2,000. Then there was a rain out, so I was like, okay, fine, you know. Following day's probably not going to be as much. And then it went down to 1,000. Kind of a drop there in three days. You go from packed house to quarter fill. Yeah, like, you, you, uh, got, you know, loose... 3,000 people going to the park, that's that's a big number. Exactly, like, I expected to be a drop-off, because opening day, first time for a team, you expect it to be a large crowd, if not a sellout. Of course. That's kind of a given. Even opening weekend, you expect, okay, we're probably going to be at, at least half capacity for most of the time here. Right. Barring, you know, real terrible weather. But that's kind of nosedive. I was not ready for that at all. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, weather-wise, uh, on the eastern seaboard, there's been a lot of, yeah, a lot rain, of rain, so I think that could be something... To look at as well as we get more into the summer months and we get kind of away from this rainy spring weather. Perhaps that's something that as the weather gets better, everything kind of evens out and maybe you get more 3,000. Yeah, you know, hopefully. Games, but hopefully. I mean, you'd hope to see them build up a bit higher because, I mean, they're a good team. I'm they are a good team. And it's certainly a fun team and also their social media page is also very good. Oh, their social media team is, is one of the best. Probably the best in the Atlantic League in terms of just content and being funny. Yeah, and they interact a lot. So, I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely appealing to, like, that kind of younger crowd. They're yeah. definitely targeting that, uh, you know, uh, high school, college-age student trying to draw them in. Yeah. It's just, I almost wonder if it's just you're targeting the wrong people, in a sense, because baseball's not really a game that's trending towards the younger side of things. So, I wonder if that has an effect on it. I, I, I agree. I think that, you know, social media, for people, doesn't really, it doesn't really impact. But certainly... I think the older demographic we've seen, hmm. especially in places like County and things, the older demographic really does push, you know, not necessarily lot, really old, but, but lot, you know, yeah. there's a lot of people who are in the older demographic that push the game forward. I mean, they love baseball. They've grown up with it. Uh, and this is a great chance for them to go see it. So as it's something to do if you're retired, right? Exactly. Uh, and so I think that, uh, you know, they're missing the mark if they're not marketing to that. I couldn't speak to that. Yeah. But I think that it, it, that is something that if they do market towards that, They'll be in better shape than if they just, like you're saying, yeah, just target towards the younger yeah. people. But, you know, as we've talked about before on the show, the two main groups that drive minor league baseball are really your older folks that either they don't live close enough or they just aren't able to get to, you know, major league games anymore or whatever it may be. They're, it's just easy for them. It's cheaper for them to pile up, whatever it may be. And families, those are your two main groups here because you're not taking a family of four or five to a major league game. It's just going to be too expensive. If not, just getting in the door. But once you're there, you're going to be raked over the coals with prices. Oh, I mean, yeah. Obviously, New York pricing is going to be a lot higher than, say, Kansas City pricing. Right, of course. But that's just, even still, I'm sure the Kansas City T-Bones at the American Association are a whole hell of a lot cheaper oh. than the Kansas City Royals are. Now, obviously, there's vast differences there. But if you're just looking strictly financial, you know, it's a lot easier to say, okay, well, we'll take the five to, you know, like three T-Bone games as opposed to one Royals game. I agree. I, I think that's the allure of minor league baseball, especially for the older crowd and then, you know, young families and families as well. I think it's a great place for entertainment uh, for kids. And so I think mm -hmm. that targeting the younger demographic that 
just expressively hasn't had an interest in baseball. If you look at all these studies that come out, uh, and Major League Baseball is trying to cope with this as well. Um, it's more of that 35 to 65 demographic that's really into baseball than the, you know, 18 to 25. Exactly. Because baseball, in a sense, is almost like a human chess game in that you're really waiting for things to develop and you're not so much watching for the action on the field. You kind of got to watch between the lines almost right, and yeah. go, okay, well, this is what's happening here. There's a couple of ways it's going to break. Let's see how you're going to do it. And you're not looking like, okay, he needs to hit a home run here. You're like, okay, well, if he hits it to the left side here, he could probably get through the gap right there. That could bring the runner around to third, and that sets up first and third. And there's a whole yep. strategy on it that you don't really appreciate until later on. Right. At least most don't. And when you're younger, you're looking for, like, the basketball. Where there's always something happening, and it's more like eye candy type of thing. There's right. less strategy involved in it. It's also a lot more of just a one player can make a large difference. Baseball right. is that to an extent. But even still, normally you're not just going to win with one good player. I mean, look at the Angels. They have Mike yeah. Trout, the best player in baseball, probably the best player we've seen in the past 20 years. Oh, easy. Yeah. And they went to the postseason once, and it was a wild card. Yeah, and, and I agree. And I, I think that's what makes baseball, like so. you said, a little bit more of a mature sport, perhaps, yeah. uh, other than, you know, basketball is really, like you said, basketball, football, these things that are really, you know, high intensity from the beginning. From the opening kickoff of a, of a football game, it's really, you know, especially in a good game, it's high intensity, you know, first downs, touchdowns, basketball games. You look at the game last night between the Raptors and the Warriors, great game, you know, a lot of back and forth. So I just think that um, with baseball, it is very much a, you know, mental game. It's a game that is uh, all about the next play. And, and, you know, when you're, when you're first being taught baseball, you're taught about the next play. You know, what, you know, what's the next play if there's a guy on second, if there's a guy on first. So for those of us that have played the game, and know kind of the ins and outs of the game, it is, you know, it's easy to, to really get into it. But like you're saying, you know, bringing it back to high point, if you're targeting an 18, 25 year old demographic that hasn't played baseball, you're not, you know, they're there to see some that, runs. And, that, and if you're going for some sort of excitement to get that kind of rush going on, you're not going to get it at a baseball game yeah. more often than not. That rush doesn't come until later on in the game when you start building it up. It's the slow burn type thing, you know? Yep. It's almost like, uh, smoking something on a grill where once you first put it in, you know, you're not going to have anything about five, six, seven hours later on. Now you're finally starting to get the fall, the bone type. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm not terribly concerned. Like you said, it's still early on, but it's something to watch. It is. And it's, it's only concerning if it continues throughout the whole season um, or, and then into next season. If these things happen, it could spell trouble for them as a franchise and, and make the Atlantic League rethink their their expansion plans. It's interesting how this will play on Pawtucket. Yeah. Because as we know, we followed that for a while and we haven't touched on it in a while because no update on it. But one of the plans was for an Atlantic League team to go there. Now, granted, that's kind of 50-50 if that will happen. You know, there's like other plans involved with that. Right. And they're not even the only baseball plan. So I'm sure <laughs> yeah. uh, going from AAA to independent ball is kind of a drop-off. Sure. But even still... It doesn't affect how you look at Pawtucket after the Atlantic League going, okay, well, our last venture didn't really work out that great. They're still kind of not on their feet, so to say. And if we bring them in, now it's going to be real awkward, like, with our whole uh, standings. Right now, you're level. You're, I believe, 4-4. Four four. So now it has to be 5-4. and four. 
So right. you'd need to either level that out or figure out someone that has to go, which obviously you're not going to kick someone out to bring someone else in. Right, of course. Uh, I think, you, you know, you're, we're, we're looking at a double expansion that happens. So yeah. probably in Atlantic City. We've talked about this before. Exactly. Atlantic City. There, have to be, there had to be something else coming in. Something else coming in. And I just think that uh, for the Atlantic League, you got you got to be careful with these kind of things because they have a very stable league, as I wrote a piece about early early on uh, when we just first started doing this. Very stable. It's a very stable league. They've got some really good, you know, kind of pillar teams. Long Island, Somerset, even Sugarland is kind of developing into that. But you got to be careful because, like we've, we've talked about many times on this show, the ability for independent league baseball, the, the just a fortune to shift, is so fast. Yep. Like it, you can go from, you know, a top league to nothing in no time at all. Exactly. It's as simple as that. Plus, Winning and everything doesn't even matter that much in these mm-hmm. leagues. I mean, they folded champions the same year they've won before. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's just the way it is. It's all about the bottom line here. And if you're not drawing people in, unlike in major league sports where you can afford to be like the Rays and have 5,000 people at a game because right. you're having strong TV numbers TV and that, that makes off a lot of money. When you're an independent league team that's streaming their games for free on YouTube, you yeah. can't, TV numbers mean nothing. Right. It's all about who's sponsoring you and who's in the ballpark spending money. And if nobody's coming to the ballpark, no one's seeing the ads. So as an advertiser, I'm saying, oh, well, it's all my money. Away. I might as well do something else with my money. I could have rent elsewhere, buy other right. space. So it's, you know, it's a concerning thing. I think, obviously, we're kind of building it up a little bit more than it really is. Right. Certainly for the right sake now. of talk. Right. But Certainly right now. I mean, I, I think that, the you know, I, I, w- I don't want to get Rockers fans... Uh, nervous. This is not, you know, this is not. Yeah, a, it's just something that's concerning. Right. It's concerning long term if it continues to happen. But this is in the short term. It's not like oh, the Rockers are going to fold or anything like that. Yeah. It's just you got to be careful. You got to make sure that they're making enough money to stay afloat. Exactly. It's one of those things where it's not so much like it's a three alarm fire. It's just more like oh, okay, that's starting to spark over there. Let me yeah. keep an eye on it. It's getting a bit warm, but. The main thing is, if you are in that general high point area, go to the games. Go to the games. Go to the games, support them. I'm sure it's no more than like twelve, fifteen dollars oh, a yeah. ticket. And they're a fun team. They got exactly. the it's ballpark's good, beautiful. Exactly. It's a brand new ballpark, real nice, fun team, good team to watch. It'll be a fun night out. I'm sure they have dozens of firework nights and dozens of other promotions. From pictures I've seen on their Instagram and Twitter and just throughout their ballpark games and stuff, they have a bunch of really fun things. They have. I think that's a very nice bar. They do have a very nice bar. It's like the first in flight bar or something like that. Yeah, so it's, for you 21 plus uh, listeners in town, you man, you gotta. <laughs> exactly. It seems like a, just a really fun, like, open air type thing here. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'd go if I was closer, of but course, obviously yeah. the uh, 12 hour hike down to High Point is could a bit be, much. Should be tough, yeah. Exactly. So, but maybe, if High Point wants to go ahead and toss us some free stuff. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe a road trip at some point. We'll exactly. See, it's definitely on the dock for a road trip, it's just a little bit uh, further down. Yeah, a little I mean, bit further down. Everybody else is a day trip. Yeah, well, that's Except for a, Southern Maryland, they're, yeah. they're an overnight trip. But, right. I mean, any case, uh, I think we've said enough there, but circling back to what you said earlier about the weather. I want to hit New Britain on their field. Nah, New Britain. You know what? I still didn't get my darn peanuts, New Britain. I'm not going to let this go. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You're not going to get your peanuts if they can't straighten the field out. Yeah, you're right. they gotta, they got to put a little bit of money into the field before they... Uh... <laughs> exactly. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, on Thursday night, uh, New Britain was playing York, and there was some real sloppy handling, because I didn't yep. realize this until I tuned in a bit later, and I think I first noticed this a while after it happened, but uh, and then I guess the YouTube stream's a bit behind. But in any case, so I turned on to 
York Stream. And I looked at the field, and I was like, oh, that's that can't be right. Because the field just was puddling. There was puddles on the field. And it wasn't until the bases were loaded and the bomb in the seventh were two away that then the game was called. And and, and, oh, and now they have reversed and it back. Reversed it. Because I was confused on this. I did tweet out. I was like, okay, so now we're calling the game when the bases are loaded here. However, we couldn't call it at the start of the inning. And now we're saying that we're just changing the scores and everything on this. Uh, what's the deal going on here? And so some people, I don't know exactly who, uh, if I, I'll look real quickly here on my uh, on the Twitter account, but uh, they sent me a thing saying, oh, well, if my inning's not completed, you just dissolve the whole inning. So what I want to know is if the field was that bad, where you right. had puddling and everything for the past five batters, and only now the rain started to pick up a little bit, why not just go one more batter? Say, okay, whatever happens in said bat is what's going to be. If the game is tied, we're going to call that a tie. If it's a base hit and the score is two, two runs are over. It's like the bottom of the inning. Please walk it up. Or if it's an out, then great, York won. But then to cancel it and just undo a whole inning, it's it, it makes no sense here. It, it makes no sense. I don't even know if it's the Atlantic League rule. I couldn't. I looked on their website. I couldn't find anything. It's in the MLB rule. But uh, let's see. Scott Markowitz is the guy who sent me the thing. Mm-hmm. Although uh, Mike Ashmore won the. People that cover the Patriots heavily, I think, for My Jersey Central or something like that. Uh, he was also one person tweeting about things like that. Right, yeah, and I, I think that, you know, obviously, just completely mismanaged situation. Mm-hmm. And if that is the rule, then it should be changed. Because, it, you know, like, either, either you're not, either don't play the inning, or let the, the half an inning that was played, you have to let that stand. You gotta be kidding me. The only reason why, supposedly, that's the rule that went into effect is because York does not travel back to New Britain for the rest of the first half. Uh, so then it affects other things too. But what I, I'm kind of like missing here is, and they didn't want to have to make up that half inning in New York. Right. I assume partially for the competitive edge there, but also I imagine gate attendance and whatnot. I'm sure York does not want to play an extra like inning <laughs> or an extra out of an inning and then turn over gate revenue for that. Oh, yeah. Because I'm sure New Britain would push and say, well, we would have had that. So that's our revenue. Right. Give us the, give us that, right? Exactly. And even if it's only a couple hundred dollars, it's still a couple hundred dollars. I mean, it still matters. But it, you know whose fault this is? It's, it's Sting's fault. The, 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 the mascot? <laughs> it's the mascot's fault. Because he was sitting there like the. He wasn't the, doing anything. Like the fat little bumbly lump, bumble lump that he is. Bumble lump. <laughs> and he could, and he wasn't out there with the rake. Where was he with the rake? Come on! I mean, I'm but, just... I mean, yeah. the ground school really made a mistake. In, in all seriousness, the ground school made a mistake by either letting that game continue or, exactly. like you're saying, just finish it. It's it's finish it. Exactly. Like, the crew chief should have called after the first play because there was a first delay at yep. some point. And then they dumped a lot of dirt back on it. But then the dirt just became mud. It became a puddle. Yeah. So, and then apparently uh, Marzi for, I believe, that would be New Britain, but it's one of them, the starting pitcher. Right. He went out and then he took a picture of the ma- of the one plate that was just covered with dirt. So how are you calling a game when it's covered with dirt? I, I know. And I because mean, there was three straight walks that put a guy on. Yeah. So I mean, either way, if I'm York, I'm annoyed saying, okay, well you just undid my my five run rally. Right. And the three runs there, if one would have scored, I said, well, how could you call the plate? It's covered with mud. Right. How can you see the plate? Because I assume they're not going full on to trackman because I know how they've been facing trackman over the past few weeks was. 
which is an earbud in the umpire's ear, and there's someone up top going, okay, that one's outside, but they're telling them, still use your strikes out. In any case, I, this just seems like the crew just mismanaged it. It should have been called the first time around. The umpires and the grounds crew there at the stadium mismanaged it. Well, grounds crew. A grounds crew can only do so much. Right. I mean, they're told, go get the field playable. They only have what they have available to them. Right. So, I mean, and obviously if it's puddling while play's going on, they can only do so much in like the 90 seconds between innings. Well, what I'm saying is they, they got to inform the umpires, look, this is just not is not playable. But the umpires, they have to know. The umpires have to know. I mean, clearly, if you I mean, couldn't if, see the plate, you, you gotta know. <laughs> if, plus, if it's clearly starting to puddle in between oh, second yeah, and third right. and first and second, it's like, okay, well, let's see. Now, I'm not sure how bad the puddle was, because from the camera angle, it just looked like there was a puddle, but there was certainly reflective water there. So there was water sitting on that field, and I was only thinking, okay, well, something's hidden to the gap here. Maybe the runner on second will be fine, because he'll see the damn thing, and he'll be able to run around it. But right. The guy up first, He's running through that you second. Can't have a, you can't have a lake in the middle of it. Give me a break. I mean, exactly. Can't happen. Plus, if that's how bad the infield was, how bad's the mound? Oh, the mound was probably awful. I mean, they were putting, I, I, I tuned in for a little bit and they were putting diamond dry on it. They were trying everything, but it just wasn't working. Exactly. It's just, I don't, I don't see how that was playable. Yeah, it wasn't playable. It was a safety concern. Uh, you know, you know who, who handled it right was, was Sussex County when we went up there for that game. Yeah. And they, they, uh, you know, they saw the forecast. It rained once. They, they tried they it. tried it. It rained again, and they said, you know what? We're good. We can't, you know, there's no coming back from this. And they just let it, they just let it be. There was standing water on the field. They just let it be. And that's what you have to do. That was they shot on fireworks. And then, yeah. and then, we and then everyone's gone. And then like, okay, actually, now we're canceling it. Yeah, we're canceling yeah. it. That was smart. That was the way to do it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the thing is, is that, you know, you got to be professional about this. Yeah. And, and the umpires have to be professional, but also I don't absolve. Uh, you know, the host, uh, and all yeah, the need to be, exactly, I'm not absolving them. I'm just saying, uh, they can only do so much. Right. And right. I'm sure, like, when they went out there, like, look, if it rains anymore, we gotta really think about calling this, cause we're running out of things to do. We already dumped a bunch of dirt on here. We dropped about as much speedy dry as we have on here. Yeah. So, like, we can only do so much here, and we've done basically all we can to get this field back to playable. So just try and get this thing to where it's an official game, and then let's call this. Yeah, I mean, the thing was, it was already an official game, so like, yeah. just, all the game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and plus now New Britain's on that nice, they're on the road now. Right. So at least now the ground score will have a couple of days here where it's supposed to be nice and there's only like one, maybe two days of rain in the forecast. Just so to get everything ready. <laughs> exactly. have a couple of days where it's in the mid-70s, 80s, where things can start to dry out, start to repair things. So yeah, it's a, it's a rough situation to be in. Plus as a player, I'm sure you're going out there thinking, okay, time to be careful here because especially... It's one thing if you're on a major league level. Then you're going to a certain mindset. But right. these guys are obviously trying to get back oh, right. to major leagues, trying to get into affiliate baseball. Yeah. That's obviously their goal. That's why they're here. Yeah. I'm not sure how willing you would be to start going all out here. We're going, okay, well, one slip, I tear my ACL. There it is. Done. My career is yeah, done. Career done. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that you've got to, this is something you got to really you know, be careful with. Clubs need to be careful with it. Uh, you know, just everybody's got to be very careful with weather, um, particularly uh, with field conditions, because like you said, I mean, that's the great thing about High Points Field is having... Uh, the AstroTurf turf does it, it does do that. I mean, obviously there are issues <laughs> with AstroTurf, uh, but I, I, I do think that overall, you know, you got to have good drainage in these fields. I think exactly. that's one of the, mo- the biggest difficulties 
is sometimes when these fields are are constructed, the drainage is a little. Yeah, York had done something in the offseason. I know we report yeah. back on that. I think episode like five or six. Yeah. So they had upgraded the field so that way it helped with the draining because it was built on like an aquifer or something. Right. So there was draining issues with that, but they did something in the offseason. I think they've had pretty good results here. But yeah, no, for the boat, just kind of shifting gears on it. For the most part of the season, there's been a lot of rain. There's been a lot of rain. There's been, there's been a lot of rain. And I, I just, I mean, there's been games canceled. That's games just had to be turned into double headers <laughs> that right before the road. It's, it's real sloppy. And I wonder if that, uh, as like a segue here, kind of making it everything more competitive. Because yeah. the, the division that has the Connecticut, New Jersey, and Long Island team, everybody's within three and a half games. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, high points now kind of fall after a little bit of a skid to three and a half back in New Britain, winning seven in a row here, has catapulted them (laughs) to now third place and two and a half back with then, I think Somerset's at one and a half at this point, and then Long Island's leading the way. But everybody is just like one hot streak away now. Oh, yeah. It's a weird division. I think, I think really what what you're seeing is, is a, is a couple of it's, it's, it's the weather. I agree yeah. with that. I think that the weather has made the schedule really weird and it's thrown teams off. So, you know, you could be on a hot streak like Somerset was and you get a rain out, you get a couple of days off that you didn't, weren't scheduled and kind of lose it. Right. And the same thing with Long Island and other teams. Uh, it, especially with New Britain, we've seen them. They were struggling, they're struggling, they're struggling. And then, you know, they have a couple of days off because of a rain, rain out and then boom, here you go. Uh, and, and then they are back. Uh, now they're, you know, seven, seven wins in a row. And it's, it's crazy. It's, a, it's just a very, it's an odd thing. It's, it's odd. It's, but not to discredit teams like New Britain who no, have turned not. it around completely. They've been the great. The they have been fantastic. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. No, they've just been, they've been a pretty dominant team so far this past week. I mean, seven yeah. games in a row, that's going to say something, even if number seven's a bit, shaky there yeah. as to water, whether or not it is, even though I think there's two outs and, you know, with bases loaded, I think base hit all of a sudden. Right. I mean, of course, I, I think that that's fair, that they probably had a very, very good chance of winning that game either At way. the very least time. But At in least. any case, it's still, it's been very good baseball. They've been doing everything they can in their power so far to really just kind of dominate. I mean, they yeah. they put everything out here. I mean, like, uh, this week alone... If you look at their runs for 59 leads the whole Atlantic League by a considerable margin, closest one also would be high point at 46. So, I mean, it's a, it's a huge, and their, their run differentials at plus 25 this week. It's real. It's unreal. I mean, I think that their pitching has been much better, but clearly their offense has just stepped up in a way that I, I didn't actually foresee happening. I, I figured New Britain would kind of be in that. Uh, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel kind of a deal, but they, especially early on, they started off really, really rough, but now they've completely turned it around. Exactly. Yeah. No, they've just, they've been on a torn pace as of late. I mean, yeah. clearly the best team this past week, 7 and 0 plus 25 run differential, like I'm mentioning. And I mean, they beat some decent teams. They swept high point. Yep. You beat up on other guys. I mean, it's a, it's been a very good, uh, showing this week for them. But, no doubt. Yep. I mean, Long Island's also had a good week. Everyone else was pretty meh. Yeah, I mean Long Island. I think they were four and two, but they did suffer a rain out against Lancaster, and then their doubleheader that got rescheduled for yesterday got rained out. Yep. <laughs> so I'm, I'm telling you, the schedule is all, all wacky. It's going to be very weird towards right. the end of the yep. month. You're right, and, and even yeah, the end of the first half is really going to be odd because they're going to be throwing exactly, these games in. It's only the second week in July that you have the end of the first half. So yeah. towards the last half of June, it's going to be real kind of just jam everybody in. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be, it's going to be whoever stays uh, at the end here. 
which is why I'm not ruling High Point out for anything here. I think they may have the best shot here. Because right now, they're going through their cold streak here, where it's going to be okay, kind of cooling off a bit. Even Somerset's kind of doing that right now a little yep. bit. Mm -hmm. Texas trip wasn't very kind to them, plus mm -hmm. they dropped a game to Southern Maryland, which <laughs> only eight other people have done that. Yeah, that was rough. More so than that, they're kind of positioned where, okay, well, if we're going through the cold streak now, it should be heating back up again right towards June. I think it's going to be whoever wins June wins that whole division. I agree, yeah. Whoever wins June is going to win that first half division crown. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say is, is going to be the ones who are going to really do it. Because, like you're saying, everyone's hack close. What is, what is uh, three and a half? Three and a half. Three and a half, and they're in last. That's not. Exactly. That's not. Once again, it's really one hot or cold streak's going to make or break people, I yep. think. If you see someone lose, like, three or four in a row, then they're out. And also, the other thing is there's been a ton of roster turnover, like, more than I, I expected. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, like, nine guys got purchased off of Sugar Land. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's crazy. Like, I, I, like, usually we, we, we know these interactions, these interactions occur, uh, these transactions occur, they get them, and, and they'll get players, and players get sent down, cut and released and brought up, um, and, and picked up from Atlantic League teams, but this is nuts. I mean, there's been so many players and, you know, big name guys, really guys that we highlighted, you yeah. know, play well for a week or two and then gone. Exactly. <laughs> that, or they play good for a little bit and then they just... And then they plummet, yeah. Just right off the cliff. It's it's weird. Yeah, no, it's hard to really get a read on anything. Like, no one's really separate. The guy that I'm surprised still on the roster, David Kubiak. For yeah. Somerset. He has, like, 24 innings of scoreless baseball right now. And the fact he's still on Somerset and not in a system is really surprising me. I mean, not for long. <laughs> I mean, you really shouldn't be. Like, I've honestly, if I was like a team that was struggling with pitching, like, say, like a Nationals or something, yeah. something like that, you already took George Contos from Long Island. Take a flyer, right? Exactly. <laughs> Take the flyer and not Kobiak. Stick him in AAA for a week and exactly. see what he does. Throw him in, Fris in Fresno and let's see here. Maybe he turns out to be something, maybe not. I'm sure a team like the Marlins or a team like the Tigers or someone like oh, that, yeah. they could use. I mean, I think the Tigers are down. I know against the Mets, they had to go to a, a spot start. Yeah. Grab Kobiak, put him in your AAA system, let him pitch a couple weeks, and then if you like what you see, call him up, give him a shot. If he doesn't work out, then release him. Yeah, or if you're the Nationals, put him in their put him in the bullpen, put him in the AA system in Harrisburg, so I can go see him. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, but yeah, now there's been it's been a whole it's been very weird. And then right. I know we're not talking much about the Sugarland side of things, but Sugarland's run away. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a given. New, you know, exactly. <laughs> like Southern Maryland put up a fight, like. Three weeks ago, yeah, and then that fizzled out. Then York made a little bit of a charge last week, but that's kind of fizzled out. Right, Lancaster just kind of been sitting there like a buoy, just going up and mm -hmm. down, up and down. So they're they'll probably steal second place by virtue of just up and down, up and down. So I mean, it's that, and then I mean, Sugar Line is just there. They're taking advantage of the schedule. Although they did have a rough stretch where you had like Long Island and the Somerset back to back, right? Yeah, very closely. That's always a little bit rough, but. Even still, Sugarland's like, going to get it in the first half, and my estimations would be Sugarland will also get it in the second half. Exactly. It's going to be a fight for second place. It's yeah, going to yeah. be who loses the least amount of games to that's, Sugarland. That's it's going to be a deciding yeah. factor. And then it's going to be, okay. I could see Lancaster being, being the team kind of at the end as the set, that second. It's the buoy thing. And like I said, I think they're able to steal one game, and then it's done. Yep. Because it's baseball, and you never get a sweep in baseball unless it's really lopsided. It's really bad, yeah. Or someone gets really unlucky. That's the way it's going to go. Yeah. But, uh, all right, just a couple more things here to touch on, a little bit of a transaction thing here. Uh, I'm going to touch on the less serious one, then go to the more serious of the two. Okay. Uh, Jamie Keefe brings in another one of his former players from Rockland, uh, Mikhail Moogs. 
He played a little bit last... Well, he got a lot of play last year for Rockland and a little bit the year before that. Start of the year in Rockland, then he was released. He's a decent little first baseman, DH type. He's just like the third or fourth Rockland guy he's brought in. Like fourth or fifth Can-Am guy he's brought in. You know, I just thought it was interesting to see. He's clearly going back to the players he knows the most to bring in. And that's smart, and obviously it's working. (laughs) It's working, uh, and and I, I really do think that there's a lot of value in having that knowledge from the Can-Am League. I think that's what Jimmy Key brings is you have that knowledge of these Can-Am League guys that are good and maybe a little bit unknown to some of these Atlantic League teams, and then you bring them in, and clearly it's given them the upper hands of all. Exactly. It definitely is. Even though a couple of them have struggled a bit, but by and large, they've been doing a fairly good job. Yeah. The guy that's been kind of not doing much due to injury is just Colleen Sams. Right. But I expect when he gets back to do something. And if not, then I'm sure he will wind up back in Quebec. Yep. So. I mean, yeah, he's been there. He was in Quebec for, well, a couple of years. Yeah, he was there for three or four years. Yeah. Uh, I think it was from when, when the River Sharks kind of went out. Uh-huh. Then he went there. So that's his main thing. But, uh, yeah, no, and then the only other guy I want to kind of touch on real quick, he was signed last week, but it was towards the end of the week, so I didn't toss it in there. Plus, it was a one-man show, so it was one of those things where it's like, okay, this is a discussion topic. Right. Uh, Josh Luke signing in Long Island. He has a checkered history. Uh, for strictly from a baseball point of view, it's a good sign. He's a good pitcher. He's already shown that in his limited time with Long Island. Is he worth the baggage? For most people, I assume either you don't know or you've kind of forgotten about it because it's a name that doesn't really ring a bell because his kind of uh, trouble with the law came about 11 years ago in 2008 when he was uh, charged with uh, rape. That's a very serious charge here, and something that saw him get moved from the Texas Rangers organization to Seattle and then just kind of fizzle out from there. He did get some playing time in Seattle for the Mariners, and then that kind of went away. Although he did not uh, get a guilty plea on that charge, he did plea, uh, or plead no contest. So he didn't mount any sort of defense against the charge and just basically allowed himself to be found guilty. Of a lesser charge. Exactly, of a lesser mm-hmm. charge. It was false imprisonment with violence, the charge. He got 42 days in jail, but that was reduced to 20 days by a mixture of behavior and time served. Yeah, that. I mean, clearly, and also a three-year before you just jump in. I just lost one thought. It was not only just the time in prison; it was also a three-year uh, probation, felony probation. So. Yeah, I mean, clearly this is a, a risky sign. Yeah. Um, I think that there's value there, uh, but also it's going to turn a lot of fans off. Uh, I think, from my perspective, that type of behavior really has no place uh, yeah. in, in independent league baseball. I think that it's a difficult signing for me because I understand how fans would feel having this person on their roster. This is not someone, clearly, I mean, leads no contest, whatever. Exactly, it's not a guy you can really root for. No, this is a tough person to root for. and It's just to kind of cut you off. Uh I I understand it's a long time ago, and clearly, whatever he was found guilty of, he has served that sentence, and how much of that ruined the rest of your life for one thing, just given the severity of it, it seems like when you're an organization that bases heavily off of public reception, not really a great idea to bring them in. However, at the same time, it only matters if people know about it and how many people really know about it. Right. I mean, I think that's what they're banking on is that it doesn't become a big deal. And fair enough. But I just think that it's one of those decisions where there's just people whose talent is it doesn't matter. You know, like, like I mean, the NFL is very different. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you know, major league teams are very different um, in every sport. 
but I think for the Atlanta, uh, for the independent leagues, uh, the Atlantic League in particular, it's, it's, it's tough. I just want, I want to grab someone other than him, just for I public agree. perception. Public perception, and, and also just, I mean, it's, you want to make, think about it, think about it. Independent league teams are a community, right? They're yeah. very much part of the community. And you're bringing these people, like, they stay in the people, people's homes in the community, right? They yeah. stay in these, and so, I don't know, that's a tough signing for me. I think that, that's one I would have rather not had. I was trying to find someone else here. Now, at the same time, though, if he pitches the way he's been pitching, he won't be here long. Right. Because he's been pitching fairly well, actually. And someone will, I mean, okay. someone, the way it works is someone will pick him up. I mean, exactly. if he pitches well, someone will pick him up. But I, I, obviously, there's there's issues there. And if I was the GM, this is just me, this is my personal yeah. thing, if I was the GM, I would not have something. Yeah, plus, once again, this is just kind of going off of what's reported. Right. Maybe when you go and you interview him, he explains it all, and you can tell, okay, well, this is a different guy. Maybe that's the case. Maybe. I mean, yeah. that's what Seattle Probably had done not. afterwards, and they said we were very satisfied with that. And they held on to him for another three, four years. So, I mean. Still, I mean, these, again, these things are hard uh, to talk about, obviously, because we don't know the situation that yeah. well. Um, and, and it's hard to speak on it. But just always error on the side of, uh, you know, women's rights and things like that. It's, it's important to, uh, it's important to, you know, make sure that people are, you know, feel comfortable coming to see the baseball game. Exactly. It's just, and also it's a bit of a decision when you go and you, you pay to see somebody. It's you're supporting the team, but right. you're also supporting what the team supports. So it's an interesting uh, call to make. It's a tough one to have to make sometimes. But, yeah, uh, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. So uh, with that, I think we've covered about all we have for the Atlantic League. Unless we want to talk about how South Maryland should be firing their manager soon, but let's wait until next week for that because we won't get like Clyburn yet. Because who knows? Maybe he wins seven in a row this week, maybe, and now they're right back in the thick. Maybe they turn it out. Last thing I want to say. Yeah. Sting, you're a bumble lump. A bumble lump. Uh, okay, next thing you know, you can go after hype the horse. <laughs> All right. Bad let's... horse. Darn it. <laughs> okay, let's go now to the Can-Am League, and let's hit that up real quick. Uh, Miners, they've been just dominant at this point. Yeah, I mean, they're... Ten one, and two. Ten and two, one of the best teams. You know, I, th- I think that they've been a great team. They've pitched well. They've hit well. They, they're just an all-around team. Uh, similar makeup to, to last year in terms of just overall ability and talent. I think that it's something that as we move forward, uh, <laughs> that, you know, Sussex County will continue to be the premier team in uh, the Can-Am League as they were last year, as they will continue to be, in my opinion. You know, uh, last week in the bonus episode when I was going through the whole preview thing, I was kind of low on them. I thought they were a bit drained here, because when you're a championship team, and as we'll see when we talk about the Frontier League, the top teams get drained. And normally they fall back down, and then they bounce back up. It's normally like, they've kind of proven me wrong to this point. I'm not sure no. if I'm that big of a believer in them yet. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... Uh, just because it's still early on. We're 12 games into a 100-game season, which obviously is the 10th of the season already gone. Obviously, by the end of June, we're going to really know kind of where things stand here as to who's the team to beat, who is the team that's probably good for a playoff spot unless they go into, like, a two-week spiral, and then who's fighting for those last two spots. Right. Uh, that's obviously where we're kind of at the moment. But I think there are some good players in this team. I certainly think that. Uh, I'm not sure how many guys are really going to stay on this team for the whole year. Agreed, yeah. And, but the thing I like about them, the thing that makes me believe that they could still, again, be that team this year that runs away with everything, is Bobby Jones. Oh, yeah. He's a very good manager, and yeah. I will be... I'll be very surprised if he doesn't wind up into organized, affiliated baseball. He should be, yeah. Next year. I think he's definitely a kind of guy where 
I'd want to bring him in as like a double A, maybe even a triple A, but that could be a bit my job that guy to kind of organize guys. It seems like he has a good touch. I could see him being, you know, maybe not a head coach in the major league someday, but certainly a, a bench coach, a bench or, something. coach or something, uh, an assistant coach in the major league someday. He's got a great baseball mind. He makes the right decisions <laughs> almost him, every time. And he has the pedigree. He was He's a major league player for quite some time. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, yeah, Bobby Jones is really the X factor that you bring up. That's a good point. He's really yeah. the X factor in kind of piecing everything together, especially, you know, with Can-Am League more so than other leagues. The turnover rate is a lot higher than exactly. anywhere else. So you gotta, you got to be good at putting that puzzle together, and he really appears to be very good at it. Exactly. Once you start getting down to the lower levels, like American and Atlantic, they're going to get the turnover, especially like in the beginning and middle of the year, but normally once we kind of have all the pieces fall out. Guys that had their contract purchased, but now they didn't get renewed or they opted out, they're wind up back. Right. You know, you'll see guys come back. Or he's Syriaco. Like, yeah. yeah, Syriaco, Zaharian, and... My, I think there's one other guy. Corey Jones was there, but I'm not sure if he's still there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys here, but I think it's really just Saharian and Syriaco. Yeah, certainly the, the big players. Exactly. Like Rockland, who we'll be seeing tonight, which will be yesterday for you listening. Right. Uh, like Kevin Cross is the only guy that's turned up. I even like uh, Marcus Niedefer, who got released and then I thought was going to be back as a coach, which I'm just saying he could be a guy that I'd look to be a manager because he was already a bench coach. I think he did a very good job at it, yeah. but... Again, that's for next week, unless we talk about Claiborne getting fired, Eric, how he should be. But, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that when you have turnover like this, uh, yeah. you got to be really good with, with piecing the puzzle, like I said. And it, it appears Bobby Jones has the right formula for picking guys out and be, getting the most out of them. Exactly. Uh, Brockland did struggle a little bit in the beginning of the year. Brockland but, did, yeah. But now they've kind of leveled it back off. They're back into the top four. Yeah. Where it matters. Yeah, Rockland will make the playoffs, I think. Uh, you know, Rockland's interesting. Uh, we're going to go, like you said, we're going to go up there uh, tomorrow. We'll be there well, <laughs> for, or y- yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday. we're going to be going up there in about, you know, 20 minutes, 20 30 minutes. minutes. But yesterday, for, for all of our listeners, they, you know, this is a very interesting uh, type team because obviously what we're talking about with do they move to the Atlantic, do they stay in Can-Am, how, you know, kind of the somewhat tense uh, situation between the locals, local area and, and the, the actual team itself. So I, I think there's a very interesting story to be told up in Rockland. Uh, and if they do well this season, I think it'll be good for them. Uh, perhaps the move to the Atlantic League in the next couple of years is fathomable. Uh, but if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, I, I fully expect they will. But if they don't, that's going to be that could yeah. be a real problem for the exactly. trying to get the Atlantic League. Exactly. It's going to hurt attendance. It's going to hurt that money number, which I'm sure they're going to want, especially if high points attendance kind of stagnates around, you know, 2,200 a game. Yeah. And then if you bring in Pawtucket, Rockland could be a nice, like, okay, come in now. Yeah. That could be their opening there, which would then be interesting if, and I know it's kind of a Atlantically talking Can-Am part, but it's going to be quite if you go for your five division, you go Pawtucket, New Britain, Somerset, Long Island, and then you toss in Rockland in there for your five there, so it's all the north there. And then you put uh, York, Lancaster, Southern Maryland, High Point, and Sugarland all in that bottom division. Yeah, I mean, I think that I would think be, that would work out a lot better travel-wise. Yeah, travel, travel-wise, I think a location is kind of funky right now with some yeah. of the, the divisions, some of the teams, so I, I agree that that would be kind of a little bit. Exactly, but uh, 
you know, kind of moving on to other teams there. I mean, champions haven't done much. No, Jackals are kind of up and down. They win a couple, and they'll lose one. Then they'll win a couple, lose one. I think they're in second. They're in second, yeah. But I think bad. it's a tie with Rockland for oh, second. Okay. It's like 9-4 or something. It's, you know. It's so early. Exactly. I mean, it's hard to separate. It's not until, like, the end of June that you're really going right. to see the pack. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that comfortably I can say some uh, Sussex County is going to be good. Uh, comfortably, I can say the Jackals will be the usual Jackals will be good. They'll be a playoff team and then probably exit in one of the two rounds. Yeah, probably. That's typically how it goes. Um, I don't, I don't know about Rockland yet. We'll see. Like you said, hot and cold. And, but the, the team that has stunned me, and I wouldn't be surprised if they turned it around, is, uh, Quebec. Quebec, uh, yeah, no, they've struggled early on. Yeah. Them and, uh, Three Rivers was the team I thought to bring up. Seven games yeah. different for Rivers, but yeah, Quebec, four and nine. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. dark. Exactly. It's not good. It's, Three Rivers is a bit surprising to me just because of Brennan, but at the same time, you don't have much else. I mean, I think you have Michael, or, uh, you got Suchi back. I think it's Michael Suchi. Yeah. Which was good second baseman for you last year, but, you know, things change year to year. But Brennan should be doing more. But then again, also, he can only do so much. Right. But Quebec has the veteran staff here. They right. have the players. They're just not. They just haven't put the puzzle together yet. <laughs> Go back to my, uh, you know, allusion to. Sussex County, they, they haven't put the pieces together yet. They haven't clicked. Whatever it is, they just haven't clicked yet as a team. Uh, hitting-wise, they haven't been great. And, uh, you know, I think that's gotta, gotta kinda change. <laughs> I think you have to, you know, obviously they gotta really start picking it up both offensively, uh, and, and pitching-wise. And I think once that happens, once you see that, I think Quebec, they have, they have, they have everything. They, they just have need to put it together. They yeah. just gotta put it together. But, uh, yeah, so, Let's go ahead, let's switch now to those uh, more Midwestern leagues real quick as we approach the uh, three-quarter hour mark here as we're running down on time on our usual hour here, and I know we've got to get going to get up to Rockland. Uh, let's see, uh, we're going out to the Frontier League. Surprising starts, uh, wild things struggle as well as Lake Erie struck, or Lake Erie dominating to this point. Yeah, Lake Erie is... Uh, A great start for them, I think they're 10-3. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, great pitching for them so far. Uh, Streifer, Lidditt, and Hassler, I believe, are the three guys. ERA's below, well, three of them below one, and then another one that's around one. I believe Streifler actually has an ERA of zero. So. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the wild things have really, really struggled. Um, you know, obviously, uh, they're 5 and 14 now, uh, on the season. They're seven and a half back, uh, of, uh, the boomers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Juliet's also not doing terribly yeah, good. Juliet is not not doing great. And um, once again, two of the teams from last year that were really good teams off the bat starts. Once again, this is really where you see that brain drain come in oh, for I those mean, championship the, runs. The, the, the championship hangover is a real thing in, in every sport and at every level because it's extremely difficult. It might be the hardest thing in sports to repeat, and it's like again, you know, to do it multiple years in a row is just crazy, but. To, to repeat is just really hard because you have to have, as an organization, you celebrate like you've, you've made it, right? You've reached the pinnacle, you've made it, you're successful. Yeah, you're at the top of the you're mountain, the you did, you fought the whole year for this, and, and now you now, got it. Clean the slate, gas out all of it. And, and, and that's hard. Exactly. Yeah. Take the hill, abandon the hill, kick the hill again. Yep. Yes. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's, I mean, obviously it's the way the game is played, but it's difficult. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that you'll see that trend throughout a lot of these leagues is, the teams that they were at the top last year, unless they're like really premier, I think there's there's a difference between teams that are just class organizations like Somerset, Long Island, 
and teams that are just trying to get their footing a little bit, like York, just a little bit of a turnover year for them in the Atlantic League, but certainly bringing it back to the Can-Am League. Frontier. No, uh, excuse me, bringing it back to the Frontier League, yeah. sorry. Uh, bringing it back to the Frontier League, I, I think that, uh, you know, you, you look at the, the, the Boomers and, and, and Lake Erie, you've got teams that were middling last year that are really good uh, right now. So uh, it's, it'll be an interesting uh, way to see how it all shakes out. Exactly. Yeah, it's just... Uh... It's just a tough thing to see. It's just, you expect these certain teams to be very good because they've been very good in the past and, uh, they got out to struggle. So, yeah. I mean, it's not much else to say on the frontier side of things. Once again, we may know the East Coast, so Midwest guys, sorry about it, but it's just kind of hard. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, you know, we can get as much statistics as we can, but, yeah, but you can do the same thing. So, so I mean, yeah. we're going to focus, like, as we said, primarily East Coast. Exactly, but, with that said, though, we do touch on the American Association fairly quick. Uh, Air Hogs are abysmal. Probably the worst team so far in indie ball at 2-11. and 11. Yeah, there you go. I mean, with a name like Air Hogs. But Texas Air Hogs. Uh, man, you guys have been bad for quite some time. As I uh, said in my preview, it's like, oh, God, you're bad. Bad. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, last year, you were 25-75. Ooh. Don't worry, you're on pace for that this year. Ooh. But, yeah, no, that's rough. I'm, nothing's going right here, 2 and 11. The air is coming out of the hog in that one, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> New manager Bando in there, he ain't, he ain't turning things mm-hmm. around. I mean, if you win 25 games again, is it the manager at that point, or is it... It's the organization, man. You, gotta, you know, there's got to be changes uh, Changes made at the upper echelons. A lot of times it's the owners. It's, it's the willingness to go, you know... To put, go spend. Go spend or yeah. put the right people in the position, like you see, like a Jamie Keith situation, yeah. where they can take guys that they know from lower leagues and off the payment. Exactly. Then also you've seen like a lot of turnover in Sugarland, but you replace those guys with equally right. good guys. So they know what they're doing. I mean, you just see ever Plus high point. And for the product on the field-wise, they've been very good. Oh, they've right. managed to... They knew who to get. Yeah. And... Anyone that's lost the manager, they've been able to replace him. Like Island, Rockland, whomever you go to, they know, okay, well, we want to get this guy, we want to get this guy. Summer, uh, Sussex started from nothing. Nothing, and, yeah. I mean, in about, let's see, they came about, like, 2013 or so. Something like that. Yeah, right? around then, and... Only well, a couple of years. Yeah, boom, five right? years later, boom, championship. championship. So, I mean, yeah, I think that, you know, the, the Air Hogs is clearly a systematic issue there within the organization. Exactly. And I mean, another year where you win less than 30 games, Ooh. maybe you want to make a phone call to our buddy Justin out in uh, Sussex. Yeah. You want to be a GM over here in Texas? Yeah, I got to call Justin Fiorella up on the phone, man. I'll tell you what. Yeah, he knows how to build the team. I got to give Justin that. He's great, man. I, I don't know about that, that pre- tan suit, though, that he had at the end of the game. Say what you will about the tan suit. I was appreciating in a suit, he was still pulling tarp. True, he was still pull, pulling he's tarp. He's a GM, and he's in a suit. He doesn't have to pull tarp. He's but a blue-collar blue. guy. He's a blue-collar guy. Exactly. Because just told more ground screw people to go do that, and the interns have to. But uh, he grabbed tarp and he pulled it. No, he did. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a heck of a guy. Yeah, yeah, just exactly. Definitely not trying to suck up here to get press <laughs> credentials. I'm not doing that. I know certainly he wouldn't do it. So nod, nod, wink, wink. <laughs> exactly. You'll get an email next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any case, so moving on from the disaster is the air hogs. Or it's kind of like a crash and burn. Everybody nah. just and the on bad puns. I guess pigs don't fly. <laughs> but Chase uh, Chase Simpson does a playboard. Seven home runs, nineteen ribbies leads the American Association to thus point. Very good start, for Chase. Playing great, yeah, no doubt. 
Uh, also in the lead, a couple of guys I believe I highlighted here. Uh, Luke Westfold of the Chicago Dogs and Randall Delgado. Two guys, ERA of zero to this point. Terrific starts. What about Big Z, man? Come on. Didn't see him listed in the league leaders, but overall pitching the American Association has been pretty dominant. This yeah, year. it has. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, it's, it's one of those leagues where it's not typically, uh, you know, it's more hitter friendly a lot of these leagues, but they've done a great job. Exactly. Just dominant pitching at this point. Uh, yeah. American has been going pretty much the way we thought, though, so. Yep. Not going to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, so moving on from them, just a quick note. Pacific Association, they open up play today, so it'll be May 31st. I think they may even play on the 30th, but in any case, their season's just starting, so if you're out in California, why not head over there? Their games are pretty cheap, too, and they play in local parks and stuff. They're pretty cool. Yeah. But plus, they've had a rough off season too. They lost a couple teams. They had uh, some legal problems, too. <coughs> <coughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you might as well go out there and help uh, new commissioner Theo Fightmaster by trying to boost up those attendance numbers from averaging about 500 a game to maybe 700 a game. Let's go. That'll Let's go help out. Let's go so, uh, with that said, uh, just want to touch on one thing that's outside of baseball real quick. It's not worth the seventh inning. I may put the bugle in if I feel like editing it in. <laughs> but uh, I do want to point out, last night's spelling bee for Thursday, an eight-way tie is BS. There's no way an eight-way tie should exist. I'm not discrediting the winners, because they did everything. They they were did what they were told to do. Spell the word you're given. But after 20 rounds, I'm sorry, you need a tiebreaker. An eight-way tie should not exist in anything. I understand a two-way tie. But if you go, like, 35 rounds and we're at deadlock heat between two people for the past 10 rounds, we're clearly not getting a winner. They're right. both equally good. Eight people is way too big of a tie. It diminishes the accomplishment, in my opinion. And I know, speaking as someone that is a competitive person, has competed at various different levels in various sports, a tie always sucked, and I was always glad there was a tiebreaker. And I lost on tiebreaker one, uh, three out of four times. I was at least happy I got the closure going, okay, well, we lost on the tiebreaker. We had to go to double tiebreaker on that, and we still lost, but... That just shows we were that close, we just need to be that much better. Or if you win, you're like, okay, we got this one. Gotta be better next time else we're not in this position. But even so, like, I'm sure you'll kind of agree here. A tie leaves you feeling so hollow. You're, you don't know oh, what to feel. Oh, oh, God, it's terrible. I mean, I've had baseball games that have ended in ties because of uh, light reasons and things like that. Yeah, like weather and Weather time. and light and time. Oh, my goodness, it is the worst, especially if it's a big game and you you juice yourself up for it. And then it's tied. Oh, God, it's so much. Uh, but first of all, when there was a spelling bee? Oh, yeah, God. that's Scripps National Spelling Bee. It's, yeah. It was on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch that. <laughs> I only knew it was on because my mom told me it was on. So I was like, oh, and that was, oh, cool. Two people from New Jersey are in this. Yeah, there you go. See? They both won because it's an eight-way yeah, tie. Everybody, everybody wins. Some from Alabama won, too. It's an eight-way tie. Everybody wins. It's an eight-way tie. Half, there's only 16 people that compete. Yeah. Eight won. <laughs> Half won. You gotta that's my problem. Me. If it was like eight, I would say, I don't know. A hundred uh, or something. Yeah, eight out of like 50 or even. I'd be okay with that because, you know, whatever happens, happens. It's a, okay, 8% one. Eh, still a little bit much for my taste, but I understand. There's 16. Only half are there. Once you get to like round 15, if we're going to say at 20, because they said after round 20, we ran out of challenging words. We yeah. still have words, but it's not going to be anywhere near as challenging. And they were very difficult words. I mean, I mean, I'm not a great speller, but 
I've got no idea how to spell a lot of these things. There's like double I's and silent P-H-S and all sorts of things here. These kids are super smart. They practice for it. I want to go ahead and just double down on this. I'm not diminishing what they did. They did everything they could be expected to. And I'm sure if you told them there's another 20 rounds, they would have hung in there until they misspelled something. I I agree. I I think that uh, 100%, I think that this is on the competition to make sure that half of the field doesn't win. I'm sure they were like, "Mm, okay, great. I mean, like they were happy, I'm sure. Plus you have... I mean, these kids are between, like, 10 and 13. So, obviously, you're going to be excited when you win something on a national stage that's nationally televised. Right, but still, I'm sure there's that little... You're going to look back. These are really smart, competitive kids who I'm sure are going to be like, well, you know, I I wanted to win. Exactly. Like, they all got the prize. So, I will give Scripps that. That's good. Winner gets $50,000, so all of them got $50,000. And and uh, the cup they hand out, so they all get one. But even still, you're like, ah, yeah, some other people won this year. So, I mean, like, how challenging was it? I'm seriously thinking once if you say okay we have enough challenge wars for twenty if we get to round ten and we have half of the it wasn't until like round fifteen that we went from eight to nine or nine to eight if you're having that kind of problem then at that round we should say okay you're going from two minutes to spell the word to ninety seconds right because that would have eliminated two or three other people and I'm sure because there's also the sound that goes off in the background once you get to forty five seconds and then again when you get to thirty seconds. I'm sure that kind of plays in, too, so you figure another two fall out. Right. So now we're down to five. It's, now you have a three-way tie. Personally, again, I hate ties with a passion, with a passion but a three-way tie is it's a lot. better than eight. Exactly. <laughs> Anything is better than eight except for nine. Yeah, I mean, you know? eight, is, eight is too much. Uh, I agree. I think that really diminishes the, the level of competition. I mean, they prepared for this so hard. Clearly, they've got exactly. a lot of... Uh, the great thing is, we got a lot of smart kids coming up. That's, that's all. <laughs> exactly. That's my I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously great for them, and again, congratulations right. for winning. You, you did. Yeah. You lasted twenty rounds spelling words that I didn't even know existed. I didn't like, watch because I'm too stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, apparently it's just a word for all somersaulting. What's that? I don't know. I don't okay. recall it, but I was like, uh, we don't need a word for it. It's ar- just already a word for that. It's called suicide because you're not gonna win against a bull. If you grab a bull by the horns and go, I'm going to flip over you. You know, I know what the bull's saying. Huh? No, I'm going to run you through the wall. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm just saying. You, you don't need a special word for bull somersaulting. But, <laughs> any case, I think we've kind of beaten the bull to death at this point. <laughs> yeah, we have. So, uh, let's plug and get out of here and then go to Rockland. Yeah, we'll get out of here. All right. You can find us everywhere you know you can find us, which is iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podomatic, and Spotify. You can find us on all those for all the pods. They're all listed there. You know, the deal. Rate, subscribe, review, share. Annoy everybody you meet with it. Play it <laughs> out loud without headphones on the bus so that way everyone can go, who are these chuckleheads? Play it on the beach. I want to hear it on the beach. Buy us a banner plane to advertise for us because we can't afford to do that, but we'd <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, let's see. You can find us on Twitter at IndieBallPod uh, on Instagram at IndieBallReport and on the website at www.indieballreport.com. Uh, also, going to Rockland, maybe review the stadium tonight. I may be teasing maybe an article, maybe it's a video, maybe it's both. Who am I to say? Okay. And I'm just saying, you should be on the lookout for that. So, definitely want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is Indie Ball Report. You can click on that, just type into the search bar, come up, click subscribe, you're good. But if you can't find that, just go to the website. They're all listed there. So that's where you can find us and everything. And once again, if we have no final thoughts, final thoughts, make sure everyone enjoy the beach, but do not wear sunscreen. That is going to kill coral reefs. Okay.
Bro, skin cancer. Got it. <laughs> so don't forget to play ball. 